This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. The weather might not be such, but there is football to be played, and there's only four teams left. Whatever side of the fence you light on, or whatever side of the cashier booth you find yourself on, that's what we're going to get into today, because there is football to be played, and the football season's coming to an end. So we got to end this thing right. We got to end on a high note, and we're going to do that here on Money Line on ESPN 97.5. I can't do this by myself. I got to get to the statistician. My partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you're going to find him on Twitter. What up, Josh? What's going on, Jerry? Man, we don't only have a little bit of football left. I'm a little scared, Jerry. I'm twitching. Like, I'm starting to get the, the withdrawals already. I don't know what to do with myself. I found myself yesterday uh, thinking, what do I do now with my Saturdays? I mean, obviously, I do watch a lot of soccer hoops, but it's just not the same without having a full day of football. And then knowing that today we only have two games to bet on, hit, hit. That means the books will have sharper lines, so be careful. We are going to get into all that, but for what it is for today. We're not going to get in a far ahead of ourselves. We're going to enjoy. We're going to enjoy this. We're going to barbecue today with the family. We're going to cast some bets. You're going to hit some DraftKings lineup. Maybe you're on FanDuel. Whatever your thing is, we're going to get you on the right side of things. We hope because that's what we try to do here on Monday Line on ESPN 97.5 every Sunday. I'm all the way turned up, man. I'm just – could it be any closer of matchups than what we have here? Just to give you a, a gist of – how close of matchups there's in the last 20 years there hasn't been a conference weekend in the nfl right conference championship weekend where both teams or both games close under the spread of three there's never been a conference championship weekend in the nfl in the last 20 years where there wasn't at least one team favored over minus 200 today you have two even teams on both games you do this is going to end a, in a line that's been moving all this week. Um, uh, you know, the Mahomes thing from him and the Bengals favored, and now the Chiefs are favored. Well, I guess it started with the Chiefs favored, then the Bengals, and now back to the Chiefs. Was it one and a half? Now I'm, I'm seeing it back at two now, minus two for the Chiefs. You know, I, part of me wants to jump on that, take the points, because I, I like the Bengals here. But I, I've already fired a couple bets, so I'm just kind of – I got. I think I ended up betting when the, the Bengals were favored, unfortunately, because before Patrick Mahomes practiced, we didn't know. He could go out there and look worse, and then the spread could have been even bigger for the Bengals, but he went out there and looked pretty good. So the spread went back to the Chiefs. So kind of be careful with that. You know, I – it's exciting, though. I mean, Burroughs played so well. you got to think, how is he possibly going to do it again to the Chiefs? But – 
I don't know. I, I'm rolling with Burrow. I've got him in my DraftKings also, Jerry. I got I got some stacks with him. I like him with Jamar Chase this week. So that's kind of where I'm leaning with the Bengals. It, for me, the San Francisco Eagles game, I, I still haven't made up my mind. I'll, I'll fire a bet here before it kicks off, but I kind of wanted to chat with you and get your temperature on that matchup. Yeah, both games are up in the air to me. I, I have some leans, like you mentioned. We'll start there. Like I said, we're going to get into both of these games. We're going to give them a few segments each. We're going to get them from DFS purposes, see what Josh has. Maybe we can come together with a lineup. Maybe some same-game parlays on my bookie. Hopefully you guys have your my bookie accounts open. If not, we're going to show you how to get going and how to get a little uh, a deposit bonus, a little, a little uh, things to sway your way, start you in the positives. Because I do have, I mean, I have a gigantic play in soccer that starts in about 30 minutes. And it's a big, you know me, I do this for a living. So, like, I, I, I didn't even give it out for free. I might end up giving it out before kickoff. I might not. I mean, I don't even know what to do with this thing. I feel like I... I feel guilty having this play in my pocket, Josh. It's one of those plays. Hopefully, I mean, you know how that ends up, though. I've, I've been in this position before. I was throwing a party before a game before in my life. It's deja vu, and it didn't, it didn't end up well. So we've seen this. I've, I've lost on uh, elections. You know that story. I'm celebrating during election bets, losing 18000 having to answer to my wife, what the hell did you just lose on? And I'm looking at politics. She said, you don't, you don't even know the first thing about politics. Well, that's... Welcome to my life. And today I find myself in one of those bets, one of those big bets, Josh. I'm talking about play the year type bets, and it's just the beginning of the year. I don't even release those type of things, but it's about 30 minutes away, and I'm going to be hyped up during this show. And we're going to roll that money right into that first game, 49ers, Eagles. And then hopefully we roll that into the Bengals, Chiefs. But you talked about that injury, and I wanted to start there just overall and see what your thoughts were. During that Chiefs game, what did you think during that game whenever Mahomes was asking to come back in and then you see him throw his temper tantrum and then he goes to the locker room and then he comes back and then you notice that he can't really plan on that foot and you notice that his mobility has gone. Did you think that there was any chance that he was going to sit out this week or not be to where they're claiming he is at least 85, 90% they're saying? No, I mean, I, I figured, you know, kind of listening to the broadcast and listening to Romo and whatever your opinion is on him – he's had his fair share of, you know, ankle injuries, you know, as a quarterback would. So he knows what it's like to roll an ankle during a game and then what practice it'll be like that week and how it'll be the next week. So the fact that Patrick came back in the game, I didn't think for a chance that he wouldn't play this week. It was just how effective would he be? And that's what I was kind of listening, you know, to Romo that, you know, you're kind of good with all the adrenaline while it's loose, but as, as you try and practice later in the week, it's, it's going to be a lot more difficult. So listening to some other people, I was listening to Shannon Sharp talk about it. You can get that thing shot up. I'm sure that's what they did at halftime with Mahomes or maybe even before halftime after he injured it. So they'll be able to shoot it up for this game. He just kind of mentioned it. It can start to lock up on you and how halftime could be a real telling deal for Mahomes because after they shoot it up, it might be okay while he's running around. But when you're having to get off it and wait and it starts getting cold and tightening up a little bit, it could be a problem. And he said that they don't shoot it up twice. They're going to try and shoot that thing up as close to game time as possible, and then that's it. So he said maybe Mahomes does something like stay on the exercise bike or something all through halftime to just try and keep that thing loose. Is there a chance that this was misdiagnosed? 
because we've seen high ankle sprains in all types of sports. I've seen them everywhere. I've, I mean, this is what I do. I camp for a living. As soon as I see these kind of injuries, we're early in the week. You know, I'm Sunday night. I'm Monday morning guy. I've been on this line all week. I was on the Bengals when it opened. Some places even open at three, two and a half. And I thought to myself, there's just no way in hell that he'll be even 60%, let's say. It's 60% at best. Would you rather have 60% of Mahomes or, let's say, a 50% Mahomes or 100% Henny? You know, I just, I just didn't know where to, be, where, where to land on that early in the week. But I knew one thing, that that number was wrong if it was to be perceived what that injury was, a high ankle sprain. And then as, all of a sudden we see full participant in practice. That was the first thing that broke. Then all of a sudden the line started skewing back the other way. And then we saw full participant again. And then the video comes out where he's stretching and he's doing things on that leg, still kind of balancing on that ankle to where you ask yourself, you have to say, I don't care what kind of optics, because some were saying, man, this is for the optics. They're trying to play like it's all right. Maybe he is hurting. I don't care what the optics are. If he's hurt, I would have him off that ankle. So I don't think that that's the case. I think that Maybe this was misdiagnosed. Maybe this wasn't as serious as we thought it was. And to your thing with the shot, yeah, they say that you give them the shot. But from what I'm hearing, the, the discussion was more of the back and forth was more of, you know, if you get this shot, usually when you get these kind of shots, it hurts you going forward. Like this could hurt you next week. It could make it better now. But next week might be a problem. He didn't care about that. And maybe that's what the little back and forth was about from from rumors, from what I'm hearing, but at the same time, I I find it hard to believe that it's 100%. There's no way, all right? So when we get off the 100, now we're talking, all right, what is it, maybe 80%? Would you say 80% Mahomes is better than 90% of the quarterbacks in the league? Absolutely, I would. And, I mean, this is something he can keep doing if, if they get through this game. I, You know, on Undisputed, Shan was talking about it a lot because, let's face it, this is one of the hottest topics of the week is Mahomes' ankle. I think Shannon said he shot his up 11 weeks in a row and played every week. So, you know, if you can gut through it and, you know, let's face it, Mahomes isn't out there running routes. You know, he's just got to play some quarterback and, and hopefully he has enough you know, power and comfort in that ankle to where he can drive the ball down the field. So, but I was with you, man. I even just a little bit less than a hundred percent Mahomes. I was leaning towards, you know, Burrow. He's just been playing so well. They've done so well against the Chiefs. That's kind of where I'm landing, man. But you know, we'll see. It, you know, Kelsey having back spasms this week. I, you know, I decided to go ahead and put him in my DFS lineup just because. I mean, he's Mahomes' guy, but that's scary, right? Back spasms, backs. You don't want to mess with backs. You don't want to mess with backs. And like the song says, damn, it feels good to be a gambler. Damn, it feels good to be a gambler on a Sunday morning. And I only gamble over at mybookie.at. Why? Because they pay. That's the most important thing. You don't gamble to not get paid. Some of these places are shady. You don't want to be meeting people in the side of a Walmart talking about, let me get paid. That's not the way I like to do things. I'm grown. And being grown led me to my bookie. Why? Because they give you promo codes. They give you things like deposit bonuses. What is that? Use promo code BET975. Now you're started. You got my bookie open. You got the promo code in. And now you've got a one-time rollover bonus as soon as you play it through as soon as you win that bet because that's what we do is win it's yours it's yours to cash out as soon as you want there's no more of those rollovers that many of these places try to stick you with 
My bookie said, I'll meet you in the middle. You deposit, you're one of our customers, we're going to treat you well because you are a money liner and you use promo code BET97.5. It's an NFL Sunday. It's the best parlay you can possibly make today. It's ESPN 97.5, it's money line, and it's by bookie. Parlay those together and you're going to win. We'll be right back on ESPN 97.5. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. If the 49ers cover the spread against the Eagles on Sunday, Kyle Shanahan would move to 8-1 against the spread all time in the playoffs. That's 88.9% for you mathematicians out there. The best of any coach with a minimum of five games coached in the playoffs. Does that mean anything going into this game? Because the handicap has been as such as, well, Brock Purdy's gonna have to come to back to back to earth at some point, right? This can't this can't possibly keep happening. I mean, a rookie's not gonna get to the Super Bowl. Is he? And that's where this handicap starts because if you're looking on paper and you didn't realize that. If, if, if everything was on paper, let's say stats, everything but how long a player has been in the NFL or how when he got drafted and all this other nonsense that's tied into this number. If all that was aside and you looked at these two teams on paper, who would you rate better, the 49ers or the Eagles, Josh? I mean, if we're just talking about the roster as is, I, you know, you've got to go with the Eagles. I think there's a reason, you know, that they're favored in this ball game and you know, you bring up Shanahan, he's such a great coach, but in the biggest of big games, not the greatest track record. I think back, you know, to the Super Bowl with Atlanta and with the Patriots and how they got out to that big lead and Brady came back and beat him. Shanahan was the OC of that offense. So in the biggest moments, sometimes he gets a little cute, doesn't run the ball enough. So hopefully he's learned from some of those mistakes. But yeah, I think the Eagles are the better team. You know, and the, the quarterback thing is is the big part of it. I mean, Purdy's been good. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm going to start him in a few DraftKings lineups because he's dirt cheap this week. But I just look at what they did to the Giants last week, and, I mean, they just dismantled them. That that really got my attention with the Eagles. Twelve consecutive games straight up one. You ask yourself, when does this come back to earth? Or is it not? Is this something that we're going to talk about years from now? Is Shanahan that good, or is it that – they can lean on someone like Christian McCaffrey to kind of soften things up and not make it to where he has to go out there and necessarily win the game, but just not lose the game. But at the same time that we say that, he has gone out there and performed in moments that we thought, and, and he hasn't had that many moments where we've needed to see it, but at least last week where you saw him struggle in moments, and you thought, I had a, I had a 49ers ticket, and at one point throughout that game, I thought, man, this isn't going how I thought it was. Maybe maybe Purdy is a little vulnerable. This was early in the game. He got a little bit comfortable. There were two dropped interceptions in that game that's not going to show up in the box score. But in the final score you saw, the tickets cast, fine. Now we're on to the next week. Can, can Brock Purdy afford to start off slow against a Philly team that could and does start off fast? Before you know it, Philly's up 10. Maybe Philly's up 14. You don't want to see Brock Purdy, a guy that doesn't throw the ball over 30 attempts. That's not the 
football that they play with him, you don't want to see him get behind because I think that you're going to see a different party at that point. I agree with you, bud. And I know McCaffrey doesn't have an injury designation, but, I mean, they took it real easy on him this week with that bruised calf, you know, not practicing a whole lot. Elijah Mitchell banged up too. Just something to keep an eye on. Debo, Debo's been playing through some injuries as well. So it's that time of year. Everybody's got some stuff they're playing through. A.J. Brown on the other side of the ball, is he's the squeaky wheel. He, he wants he wants more opportunities, but he's been a little banged up. So this is going to be – it's going to come down to who's healthiest, healthiest and who executes here, man. And I'm, you know, I'm leaning towards the Eagles here. But, man, if the Niners win, that would not surprise me at all. They're, they're in the mix every single year now. The 49ers game plan is a simplified one for Brock Purdy, one that has got a lot of moving parts. Obviously, one that's got a running back that is a workhorse, one that can catch as well. Then you got gadget guys that can pass, they can, oh, receivers that can, what they call wide backs. All of a sudden, Debo wanted to make up a position. Oh, yeah, I can, I can be playing running back if you need me to. Obviously, whenever he was about to sign his contract, that's what the narrative he was putting on things. But you have different guys. Then you got Elijah Mitchell. You have different parts to that offense that makes it such that they don't have to risk so much. And that's why they're the first team in NFL history to win 12 straight games. That's the win streak, right? Without committing no more than one turnover in any of those games. That's what it is. It's a simplistic Game plan, the one that let's not risk much, but then also you have that defense. And if you have a defense like that, it'd be different if they didn't have that great of a defense and they're having to come back in games. They're having to get in shootouts. They're having to get into those, you hit me, I'll hit you back, let's keep going, let's see what happens. They don't get into those games because on the backs of that defense, they don't have to. No, I just, I wonder what... The Niners, didn't they get one touchdown last week and the rest was field goals against Dallas? You know, is that what we should expect against the Eagles? I don't think that's going to be enough points, like 19 points. I don't know if that's going to do it. Not this not this week. Brock Purdy is going to be the fifth rookie quarterback to start in the conference championship game. The previous four, 0-4 straight up with four passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. If he has to get in the game of drop back throwing, is this where we see a few interceptions in this game? It's, it's backbreaking. That's what it is. It's who can not who can avoid those big mistakes who can capitalize in the red zone and i know that sounds so cliche obviously jerry this is football what are you what are you what are you trying to explain to us here that's how you win this game but in this game specifically because it's a game that on paper yeah the eagles got a few things better um in in certain aspects yeah some are using the home field you know it's funny anytime that it a Philadelphia team makes it to the uh, in whatever sport because I'm getting an argument this morning with Philly guy because I post, you know, we hear all this stuff about Philly and how hard it is to play there. I'll, last time I remember a championship being played there, the Astros went there and whooped that ass. I remember that, and I also remember a no hitter and on your own field. Then guy comes back and says, "Man, football." And baseball are different. I said, well, yeah, I'm a handicapper. I remember that entire week leading up. I remember that entire handicap that people were making behind the Phillies. They were using the the, the home field advantage. Okay, okay, that's fine. Let's not use that. Let's not use that, Philly guy, because I know I know Phillies fan is, is, is hurt right now, right? So let's not use that. But I know being a professional gambler that home field advantage in the NFL is no longer three points like we used to back in the day. We used to just stamp a three points. Three point oh, home field? Yeah, that's three points. So on the neutral field, this would be no. 
the home field advantage is 1.7 now for an average. Okay, maybe give them a little bit more, two points. But I just don't see it as, man, where they're going to Philly, that's just going to be so much. That's just That narrative doesn't exist in football in general like we thought it did, like we used to, where we just plant a straight three. Three is the most landed on key number in football. 15% of games is 15%-ish land on that three. So all of a sudden, you're just going to give the three becomes home field advantage? That's blasphemy, and that's old school stuff. New dates will tell you it's 1.7. Yeah, I guess the Eagles got a little bit more, but like I said, they're still a – there's still an imprint in that outfield, in the soul, and on the warning track of that field that once has McCormick's left, in their souls. And I know it hurt Philly fans, and that's why that guy was going back and forth. No doubt. I saw that little <laughs> Twitter altercation you got in, man, too. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I was checking that out this morning. and Yeah, man, it's it's a different ball game but with baseball and football, but it's a quarterback game. The Eagles have their quarterback. If he wouldn't have gotten injured this year, he'd definitely be you know, one of the top considerations for MVP. Brock Purdy is a seventh-round draft pick. So at the end of the day, I, you know, I think I'm kind of leaning towards the Eagles here, just you know, better quarterback. And, and they've really looked like the best team in the NFC all season, in my opinion. They have from start to finish. Preseason, when you handicapped them, According to, obviously, last year's stats, that's what you use for strength of schedule. They had the easiest. That's why many pundits, gamblers, were saying, yeah, you might as well put in a future. My idiot head didn't. I, I, I instead have a uh, a coaster that says Vikings at 36 to 1. And then I have a, uh, a Colts ticket that I used as a zigzag that was at about 28 to 1. That was my two future bets. Um, as of now, I have it. None of those. I do have bets now, but my futures, uh, unfortunately, lost. I was uh, I was wrong all the way around, especially on the Colts. That might be one of the worst preseason predictions I've made of all time. Like I told you last week, if somebody would have told me, man, before you make that bet, before you hit that Colts bet, just know that it's going to be Sam, Sam Ellinger in there, and it's going to be Jeff Saturday coaching him in that final game. I would have said, what? What are you talking about? Coming into this season, I would say, what What are we talking about? I'm trying to play for the for the playoffs at that point. What are you? What are we? What are we talking about? And see how it ended. So not all not all good bets win. Not all bad bets lose. But that was a horrible bet on my on my side. That one went up in smoke, Jerry. You see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jonathan Taylor, man, you weren't banking on him being in and out of the lineup. And, you know, he just had ankle surgery last week. I mean, that was a big part of what they do. And their offensive line took a big step back. We weren't anticipating. And Matt Ryan, I mean, turns out he's just washed. So we talked about this. It, we both thought the Colts were going to win the division this year. So they just took a step back that we did not see coming. I thought the Jags would get better, but I didn't think they'd. Well, I don't know if they got that much better. The division just got much worse than I thought it would this year. That's kind of what happened there. But, you know, kind of speaking of this division, I know we've uh, got a couple minutes here before the break. I did want to eventually at some point in the show, it looks like the Texans might have a head coach lined up. I think we should get to that. And Astros hire a new general manager. So a lot of stuff happening in Houston over this week. Yeah, a lot of stuff off the field. We're going to see. Where this Texas, I want to see where Josh's uh, thoughts is on the uh, Texans head coach search and the rumors that are swirling around. We're going to get into that next. Not too uh, 
to mess up your coffee this morning because we were going good. Everyone's saying, man, we're talking football. We do got to talk to these Texans. I see someone on Twitch is Texans. What? Well, we're going to get into a little bit of Texans talk, and we're going to get into some bets because we are going to have some same-game parlays here on ESPN 97.5. We'll be right back. is money live on espn 97.5 and on espn 92.5 live from the veritex community bank studios here's jerry bow and josh jordan so shout outs for all the money liners hanging out over on twitch.tv backslash espn 97.5 if you want to hang out a little bit with the money liners if you have some questions to get off your chest if you just woke up in a bad mood and you want to just yell at someone hey Twitch.tv backslash ESPN 97.5. It starts with first one in the house, Virginia Buttonweed. Says, time for the best show on radio. We appreciate that. Evil Hojo, Alex Villanueva was in the house. Jefecito, what's up, baby? Junior Broncos, thank you for hanging out with us. Who else we got here? Taught the show. Are we going to make some money this morning? Hey, that's the objective, to make some money. So that's what you're going to do. It's just you and I. No one else is listening, right? It's just you and the Money Lines team. And you're going to go over to Germany. The game's kicking off right now, but luckily, live betting exists. This message will self-destruct in 15 seconds. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to Dortmund, and you're going to go versus Leverkusen. And I believe in that goal, in that game, there's going to be goals galore. I think goals are going to be falling from the sky. We might catch that bet while we are on air. So right now, get over to Germany, get your passport, that's right, and go ahead and punch over three Golds, Dortmund, Leverkusen, over three in Germany right now. Let's keep this thing rolling. Who else we got here? Uh, let's just uh, let's get into uh, some Texas talk. All right, let's go ahead and what do you got, Josh? What are you hearing and how do you feel about the rumors? Because me, I just sit on the sideline and I'm just waiting for all the uh, dust to settle and seeing what really happens with this because I don't like to get my hopes high. Man, we got a report from Ian Rappaport, I guess. And that's funny, right? A guy that gives out reports. His name's Rappaport. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, he said that it looked like D'Amico was going to be the front runner for the job. I think it was on Friday. And then Adam Schefter blowing up Twitter this morning. Looks like D'Amico's the front runner for the job. And, and not only that, we're also hearing reports that he told the Broncos that, that he's out. He's got a second interview coming up with the Texans next week after this uh, – after this game today, he's going to meet with the team. We talked about this last week. I, I wanted an offensive guy, but if it's not going to be an offensive guy, th- then I'm cool with D'Amico Ryans. He, he's, he seems like a great guy. I mean, he's a good coach. Look, I mean, they had the best defense in the league this past year, and they were really good last year when he was the D.C. I mean, the guy knows football. He knows the Texans. He knows the McNair family. I think this might be the match, the, the perfect match here for them. At least they get a credible coach, somebody that other teams wanted. The Broncos wanted him. The, the Colts wanted him. This, remember last year, the, the Texans are hiring Lovey Smith, who didn't even get interviewed anywhere else. And the year before that, David Cully didn't even get an interview anywhere else. So at least they're picking from a pool of qualified candidates this year. So I'm, you know, if it's not going to be who we thought it was going to be, I was hoping maybe Sean Payton, a big splash like that. But if it's not going to be him, I think I'm okay with D'Amico. My big question is, Jerry, who's going to be the OC? Who's going to be the guy that, that gets this offense together? 
who's going to be the guy to get the right quarterback and put him with the right OC. D'Amico's got to delegate that. And that's the thing. If you take that, I'm not even going to say chance. I'm going to call it opportunity because it would be a good opportunity to have if you can get someone like D'Amico because he is a commodity right now. There's a, there's a reason that he's getting multiple interviews right now. There, there's It's been known, right? It's been said and it's been proven that he can coach up a good defense, right? That he is a good motivator. He is a good guy to have on your staff. But my thing is, I mean, are we are we expecting him expecting to have uh, what filet mignon whenever he has beef skirt as a defense? So how long are we are we knowing that he's going to have a chance to make this happen? Because we know that he's going to have more than the one year, two years that these other or one years. Let's call it more than the one years that the two previous coaches have had. He's going to have opportunity, I believe. So what is this a at least a we, if we sign with we, if we sign D'Amico, we're guaranteed to have what a little five year window at the least. Man, I, I don't know if it would go to five just based on what you said to where these last coaches didn't even get more than a year. But I think if anybody is going to get fired in the next couple of years, it won't be D'Amico first. I think it'll be Nick Casario. And you know, it's that that's third strike year out. You know, if this coaching hire doesn't work, you know, at the end of the day. That would mean Nick hired three coaches that didn't work out. How can you possibly trust that guy to get it right after that? So, and, yeah. And that's what I was thinking as well because I look at it as a, a waterfall of things that will happen because, okay, say Casario's goes, Casario goes first. Would it be – say they were terrible this following year, but it's because they we used the – well, they got a, a rookie quarterback, and you have to see how things pan out, and they have a rookie head coach that's a defensive guy. So – what, do they give one year washed and next year is Casario officially on the hot seat? Or is Casario's butt real hot right now as we speak? I would say we're going to learn a lot about how he drafted because he's going to have a, a plethora of picks here going into this draft. I mean, they're, they are loaded, you know, not just multiple firsts, but they, they have a whole lot of picks in general in this draft. So, not only are we going to see how those guys do, it's hard to judge a draft after one year, but we're going to have a real good idea on what Derek Stingley is after next year. And, you know, Jalen Petrie and, you know, all the guys that they just drafted, then we're going to be able to, to judge that. And if it's not look like if Stingley is hurt again all year, that's going to be pretty hard to get over. You know, you take a guy number three overall who had a reputation of being injured. And if he continues to be injured and the guy you passed on sauce Gardner is all pro, <laughs> you know, he's arguably, according to PFF, the best cornerback in the league as a rookie. And you passed on that guy for Derek Stingley, who is hurt again. That's going to be hard for Casario. And you got to think D'Amico and the McNairs are going to be aligned. So if it, if it goes poorly, I don't think it'll be D'Amico's ass on the line. You know, I, but hopefully that's not the case. You know, hopefully Nick nails these draft picks. They get this thing turned around. What's interesting, Jerry, this kind of bothered me. Todd McShay put something out that, that he thinks he could see the Texans climbing up to number one overall and trading with the Bears. I mean, the thought of them having that pick in their hands, and then now you're going to have to give up draft capital to get that pick back. I would be furious if they did that. I'm just kind of of the opinion, whatever happens at number one, it happens. You know, it's your fault, Texans. You made your bed. You lie in it. You had that overall number one pick. You screwed up and won a game you shouldn't have. 
I don't want to see you giving away extra draft picks to move back to the pick that you really already had. I, I think you just roll the dice with whoever's at number two, whether that's C.J. Stroud or you know Will Levis, whoever they like. Uh, I'm kind of hoping for Stroud or Bryce Young, but now we don't know if Bryce Young will be there at number one overall. Yeah, or I'm number two, I should say. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. As far as we don't, it's it's tough to say, man. What's going to happen here? Because if the Texans were to commit some, I'm going to call that a crime. That would be a crime if they traded up to try to get that number one pick. I'm right, like a crime, <laughs> a straight crime. Like I, I don't even know how else to word it. A crime for all time. For in history, would remember that you could have had that number one pick. Already, but instead you chose to let Lovey Smith go out there and coach it. Like I told you, I wouldn't even let him go out there. The talk had to have gone down, gone down at some time before that week, right? Sometime, something transpired between that week and that kickoff where Lovey knows, man, my job's not secure. I know that. That's an old school guy. It'd be different if he was some young coach with no. It's, he's going in there. He's going to ask, hey, so what's happening with this last game? I know you guys need to lose. Right. But am I part of you guys for next year? Like, does this benefit me uh, at all? Well, we don't know if they gave him the runaround. We don't know. Or if they gave him the, hey, lovey, you know, we're just let's go ahead and be honest. I don't know. I don't we don't we don't think that we're going to be going forward with you. Whatever the case was, we don't know. But we know one thing that he was out there coaching to win. He was out there coaching like it was. Remember the Titans. He was out there coaching like it was the last game that he was ever going to coach, which it probably was. And that's what he went out. He tried to go out on his shield. And that's what now you're talking about the Texans doing that? Again, the word's going to be a crime. And that's what the Twitch is agreeing. They said, uh, touch the show. I can't stand Casario. Uh, Virginia Buttonweed. Casario safe as long as he gets along with D'Amico. I'm not sure about that because at the same time, to Josh's point, if, it's just so tough because we've seen drafts go down to where on the outside you think about it and you say, well, they were – those were decent moves by Casario, and then as soon as you've seen the product on field, and then now that you see a lot of those products don't even – they didn't amount to anything. Then you're thinking, you just can't blow this draft. Like, you knew that you gave away a lot of things, and you knew that the team was rebuilding, and you knew that you were build, stocking up picks. You knew that all that was happening for this draft, the draft that you could have had all those picks and the first pick overall. But, okay, let's get past that. You still got the second overall pick. Whatever falls down into your lap, we're going to have to deal with it, okay? And and in the draft that we still don't know if you really want Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, you don't – that's not a known because we we heard, like you said, you threw up what Lance Zerline said about the small quarterback. And historically, we know what comes along with that. And if you look at how C.J.'s built, you think that's the way I want my quarterback to look. It's just Bryce has – it he has it he makes throws that you've seen him be incredible at can he do them on the next level and and stay healthy is yet to be seen on a team that might not be able to keep him around a team that might be playing from behind all the time a team that has now a hopefully gets a defensive coordinator now head coach a defensive minded guy in D'Amico Ryans I'm for it because I know he's a commodity I know there's a reason people want him but it's just this particular situation I'm not sure if that was his best move because I mean, he's again. He's going to try. He made fillet. Yeah, he made fillet mignon out of with that defense. Look who he has. He has Bosa. Look at all those guys. Greenland. Look at all those guys behind Bosa and and, and that defense. They already were great with Salah. You know. So what? You ask yourself, what is he going to do, and what do we expect in the first year? Maybe second year. Now Casario's gone. 
Now it's like, all right, well, how much time do we give them now that Casario's gone? That's why I say, is it a four-year window, five-year window? Are you really going to let Domingo go if he doesn't make it work in two years? You're correct. It's Casario first, and then the, thing, the waterfall trickles down, and we see who it falls on. We're going to get to this and many more games here on ESPN 97.5. Don't go nowhere. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. What are we going to turn down for? Nothing, because it's an NFL Sunday, and there's very few of them left. So enjoy it for what it is. Shout out to my man Lamont. He says, if you are the San Francisco front office, are you pissed that Kyle got this out of Purdy and you as an organization had to waste picks on Trey Lance? Or are you just chilling knowing that you had uh, that you now have a badass roster? Where do you land on this? Because uh, Trey Lance, there's still going to be some team that will take a chance on him. Now, not the chance that you took up as far as trading draft equity and your some of your future just to try to get Trey Lance, a guy that we didn't know what he was going to be. But you know how the NFL is, and somebody will take a chance on them. They will. You know, our own Lance Zerline from the morning show talked about, what would you think if, you know, you think Bryce Young is a little small? What would you think if the Texans went out and tried, you know, to trade for Trey Lance? And part of me is like, hey, he's got the size. There's some things I like about that. But what worries me is he, he didn't play much football in college, Jerry. Like, he needs a lot of reps, and now he's just been so injured in the pros. It's a little risky to me. You know, it's just – he hasn't played a lot of football, and now he has a history of being injury-prone. If it wasn't for those things, I'd be really excited about it. But I'm curious to see what the 49ers do here. You know, they could they re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo and have Purdy and then trade Trey Lance or – Go in. I mean, if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, I mean, he's your starting quarterback next year, right? It has to be. At this point, it has to be. And, that, and knowing that you do have a little bit of, of equity, it's like that car that you're just letting depreciate, right? The, the car that's losing value, you say, well, I might, I might as well get something out of it now. Or that, that PlayStation 4. And then by the time the PlayStation 7 comes out, so guy that's got PlayStation 4 or 3 right now, and he's thinking, man, I got some, you might as well let it go now. And that's what I'm saying. This is the situation. Now, I ask you this, and I ask you, Moneyliners, if you want to call 713-780-3776, or you can hit us up on twitch.tv backslash ESPN975. Listen here closely to this question. Who, going into their draft out of Trey Lance and Bryce Young, is considered to have the highest ceiling? Because we heard when Trey Lance was coming in, that the only reason that his name was even considered up there, knowing that he came from a small college, knowing that he didn't have much football to say, well, this guy has played a lot of football at this level. You just thought, this could be generational if this guy pans out. And especially if you put him with someone like Shanahan. It was talking about this guy could be real special. Is that the same ceiling that we're looking at Bryce Young? Man, you know what this is? This is classic potential versus production, right? It was all about potential with Trey Lance, the size, the, the, the big arm, he can run. 
he just didn't have a lot of you know football under his belt. But you, you could see what he could project into. Where you look at Bryce Young, where yeah, all you need to know is out there. You see how great of a football player this guy is. You see him go out there every Saturday with Alabama and, and just do work, show what a quality player he is. You have that production, but you have that tiny little thing in the back of your mind where you're like, we talked about it, Jerry. There's just no there's no historical person you can point to that's been great at that size in the past 20 years. You're talking about, you know, Doug Flutie. Like, these are the comps to Bryce Young. And if, if anybody hadn't checked it out yet, Lance Zerline, he did a breakdown of Bryce Young. He has all the tape. He did it on our SportsMap Houston YouTube channel. He did a two-and-a-half-hour live, live stream where he broke down the tape live on YouTube. You can go watch it right now on SportsMap Houston. And Lance kind of takes you through everything he's seeing. And what I noticed was, man, he had so much time with that Alabama offensive line, especially against some of the teams that weren't that great. He's not going to have, you know, he can't read the phone book when he gets to the NFL while he's sitting back there waiting for guys to get open. You know, he's going to have to get rid of the ball quicker. And is he going to be able to take that pounding in the NFL? It's it's hard for these evaluators to want to take a chance on something that just hasn't happened before. So I think what size he comes in at the combine is going to be huge for his for the value and how people perceive him. Is he going to be six feet tall? Is he going to be closer to 200 pounds than he is to 185 or 190? That's going to make a big difference. Texans fan, Josh, all of you right now, would you even consider, like what Lance said, of maybe saying, and and I know this is far-fetched, but we're just saying if situations, if that situation where they, they trade Lance, was in the uh, running for let's get traded, not not exactly for that second pick, but maybe all those picks that you stockpiled, a, a, a group of them, and then maybe having to move down, maybe having to you know, switch first-round picks, whatever the case, knowing that the Niners are further down, whatever the case is. This is all theoretically, but I'm saying, would you even consider it of saying, you know what, I, I'd rather take a, a shot on Trey Lance, a guy coming off a major injury that we haven't seen, but then I'll get, you know, I, I know what I'm getting, a guy that they took a shot on him for a reason, or is it, man, Shanahan got it too far ahead of himself because we, we knew that the rumors were it was supposed to be Mac Jones. It was supposed to be. Many people broke that news. Uh, Lombardi, he, he sat on that hill by himself and said, you're crazy. I know people that in that organization, and it's all going to be, it's going to be Mac Jones. And then when it wasn't, many said that was a straight Shanahan thing. Shanahan thought that he could make that gadget guy into magic, that he could make that guy into be a perfect part of the offense that he likes to run. Is it just the Shanahan thing? Is the equity that was put into Trey Lance, and now we don't want to make that mistake? You know, that's really interesting, Jerry. Something just occurred to me when you brought that up. I'm hearing you might be able to get Trey Lance for like a second or a third round pick. You know, also keep in mind, some of his years off his rookie deal have been burned off now, right? So, you don't that value of drafting a Bryce Young, you get five years. With Trey Lance, he's already been in the league for a while. So, you're not going to likely have to give up a first-round pick. And the idea of having a quarterback that Shanahan handpicked is, is very appealing to me. The Mac Jones thing is interesting because a lot of people are saying, why didn't they go that route? Because for the Shanahan offense, you just need somebody that's accurate with the ball. You saw Matt Schaub become a pro baller under the Shanahan offense. But going back to Trey Lance quickly, it's interesting with D'Amico, right, Jerry, to where if anybody has some inside information into Trey Lance, 
it's D'Amico Ryans who's been in that building for the last two years. If, if the Texans did make a move for Trey Lance, I think I'd feel a lot better about it because D'Amico's going to have some inside information that other teams just don't have. Enticing is the word here because you make a great point. Some of that rookie money, right, it's burned off, so then you ask yourself, this is either make it or break it, though. Like, it's going to happen with him quick because – what it, or, or, or actually, what can he even ask for? Because you know when rookie deals are over, then you say, okay, this is when the big money comes. But can Trey Lance really ask for big money? And the other point with D'Amico Ryans, if anybody knows, is the people on the inside of that organization. So if there's anything to, man, Trey Lance does have something. It was just a, obviously a bad break with the injury. And then it's just a, he needs a little bit of time. He wasn't drafted to be put right in the fold he he was a guy that was going to take a little bit of time or does he know right away like nah man that wasn't our type of thing that was all that was all Kyle just getting ahead of himself and we really wanted Jones because accuracy it was Jones the more NFL type player it was Jones but the guy that had the high ceiling that's why I started this and we ended with that who had the high ceiling when we looked at Trey Lance and we talked about him it was because we didn't know what he could be but it could be Man, this could be generational. And I'm not saying that Bryce Young can't be or CJ can't be, but I'm just, that's not the way we're looking. We're looking at them. I mean, these guys could be great, but at the same time, the if, because of size and because history tells us all those things lead us to believe that, man, this is not impossible, but the odds are against you. And if the odds are against them on an offense that really doesn't give them much to play with, if it'd be different if you put in Bryce Young and an offense that's ready to go, and go put him in Miami, go give him Waddle, give him those kind of, go give him Hill, give him all that. Give him a good coach, an offensive-minded coach. Give him all that. Then it's different. But you stick him into this position, and then you're expecting generational? I don't know about that. And that's why it's all up in the air to me as far as who they get there if, if Trey Lance was to be offered on the table, I don't know if I go that route. But if we're seeing Brock Purdy and to like Lamont says, man, what does that do for an organization knowing that they just found gold? It's it's like the Astros knowing that they had Pena. They say, hey, well, we can let Correa go. It's the same thing here. Well, hey, Lance, we drafted. We're not going to get back. We drove you off the lot. We drove the new car off the lot, and we know we're not going to get some because I had a wreck. I wrecked the new car going home. In the form of an injury. So I know I'm not getting nothing back or the same price, but I'm getting something back for this Trey Lance mistake. And I think that that's where you go. You can't have Trey Lance playing backup to him, or you can't have Trey Lance being a straight gadget guy like, hey, let's run the Wildcat once or three times a game. Get in there, Trey. You can't do that whenever you have a guy that's still got some kind of equity. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Just a couple of weeks ago, it came out that that Trey Lance had a second kind of like little cleanup surgery on the ankle. So he's still expected to be ready at the same time. And this isn't necessarily a setback or anything like that, but that just concerns me a little bit, you know, that he's just recently now having like another little cleanup surgery on that ankle. That, that, that would worry me, you know, if, if I, if I'm the Texans or a team looking to trade for him, you know, just all that you want to try and avoid all that kind of stuff if you can, especially you saw with, you know, Derek Stingley, you know, you just dealt with that as the Texans. I kind of want to stay away from injuries. I might be more tempted to go after a CJ Stroud or somebody like that. And, you know, it, all reports are from these draft evaluators. That was his best game is that performance against Georgia. Maybe he's peaking at the right time. Hour one is in the books. One more hour. And then we look forward to a little bit of football and a little bit of gambling. And when you combine those two things, we only do it at one place. 
We do it at my bookie, Jerry. That's where we always do it, right? Guys, you're going to want to stick around for this break here because right now I'm going to tell you how to get your my bookie account set up. And then Jerry's got money on my mind in just a couple minutes here, guys. It's a new year. Get it started with my bookie, guys. Whether you're, whether you just like to earn money because you know that's your job like jerry at my bookie or maybe you're just a casual guy that wants to make some money while you watch the football it doesn't matter my bookie's a perfect place for you guys when you get your account started you're going to go to mybookie.ag and you're going to put in promo code bet975 and that's going to be on a deposit or $50 or more and you'll receive a cash bonus instantly to your my bookie account using the bonus is simple you just bet your deposit amount only once and you're ready to cash out no strings attached with my bookie that is the best way to do it they are the best in the business guys it's not nfl i know it's not just nfl it's coming to a close here pretty soon but you still got ufc nba all that stuff jerry has picks on those you can make some money at my bookie guys there's so many brands to choose from different betting outlets but the best place to do it the best place to win is at my bookie you don't have to gamble on the gamble you're going to get your money at my bookie that's why they are so great get that account started today guys mybookie.ag promo code bet975 it is the best Best deposit deal in the industry. What are you waiting for? Money on my mind is coming up. Go get that account started right now, guys. And remember, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. This is Moneyline. We'll be right back. 